It's gonna be a mess. I this think. movie is a mess, dude. Yeah, this it's, movie's a mess. Oh, I just like how do you just I've, do such a shitty sequel? Like it just sucks. Yeah. It sucks. I, f- I feel like it was forced on me, like that bug thing in the that impregnated uh, Neo in the first one. Like, which, which dude, yeah. it said that they built that model and stuff like that. That's badass. There's none of oh, that in this. So There's cool. none of that in Reloaded. It's just not here. Well. It's, when I was a kid, I remembered thinking that the movie, like the Matrix, had concluded already. Like it, it's a Neo movie that never off, needed like, a sequel. It never needed a sequel, it, and it never, like, I never thought about it when they when they announced that it was going to be part of a trilogy that there would be two additional movies and they're right. shot back to back and they're right. going to be released six months, you know, after one another. I mean, it, it just was weird. Like, I was, of course, on board because, like, fuck, I love The Matrix, but it was so, like, unnecessary. Like, The Matrix was perfect as just it's it, it, it. it It's a property, like, you know, when they made that sequel series to The Long Halloween? Mm. It, it's, like, it's not necessarily bad, but it's, like, you didn't need it. It's just totally unnecessary. There's no reason to, like, or the sequel to The Dark Knight Returns. Like, again, you don't need a yeah. sequel. And, and I feel like, and I think and it's, it's applicable to compare this to comics because... In the worst kind of way, this leans into all the comic stuff. Like, it just doesn't need a sequel. Well, the saga, it almost, it, you know, with the dramatic, uh, like, not conclusion of the episode, but it does, like, the Empire Strikes Back type, like, saga creation of, like, oh, shit, the assassin is right. on the Nebuchadnezzar, like, to be concluded with. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of interesting, because it was also, like the cross dynamics of like using marketing with video games because there's the inter the, the matrix video right. game that i think which honestly i i think is a cool idea i i do think yeah. that it's a super cool idea to have like a tie-in property that bridges the gap and i think that other media has done that but like it just sucks that that property here is matrix reloaded yeah <laughs> that's the biggest problem like it, it uh... feels too like commercial and shiny and expensive versus like, oh, the yeah. kind of ingenuity the, of like the, the kind matrix of... the first one was like a noir like yeah. it had steamy like brass music and like yeah it just had a sizzle to it, it... that reloaded is just kind of like it, it suffers from the sequel thing where it's uh you know what the audience likes because everyone who liked the matrix will want this and this and this so they use bullet they like shove it down your throat in slow motion um and i think that's kind of one of the problems with it Um, right it just doesn't feel interesting to to watch like a video game someone playing a ps2 for like 30 second like fight scenes at playgrounds was so like obnoxious uh-huh. uh, you know whereas yeah. you have like the one on one intensity of Larry Fishburne and uh, Keanu it's kind of... I know. welcome to the Vulgar Auteurs where we explore the uh, filmographies of genre filmmakers we are in the midst of our series on the films of the Wachowski sisters and today we are talking The Matrix Reloaded I'm Paco Terry. I'm the key master. Was he the key master? I thought he was the key maker. Key maker? Key maker. Whatever he was. Yeah, what else do we know about him? Uh, he makes the keys and his function is to make keys. And the one is meant to open a literal door. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
Yeah. Keymaker. Right. Keymaker. Keymaker. Oh, okay. okay. Which, like, I, so I did notice some, like, little moments in this one where, like, for, for like, every bit as cool as The Matrix was, Reloaded, like, kind of leans into it in a really lame way where, where there is that kind of, like, soy dialogue, the sort of, like... You know, he's, she's like, oh, I need I need to download a, a manual on how to hotwire a, a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he hands her a key and she's like, oh, you're useful or whatever. Like, it's those little quips. It feels it like kind of uh, predicts a lot of that, like later 2000s movie trends. And it like uh, even the way the action feels, it doesn't feel as novel as it does in The Matrix. And as I think uh, when I first started watching it and Paco, you remarked on this, too, like the intro to this movie with like trinity shooting out of the building like it looks like shit it looks awful and somehow the cgi looks more dated and reloaded than it does in the matrix mhm it's this is a tough one this mm. is a real tough one for me i really want to like this <laughs> i really do i mean a lot of the pieces uh, here are stuff that we like it just doesn't come together it's there are moments of this movie that fucking rule, but the mythology and the world building just doesn't work for me because one of the things that works in the matrix is how you're kind of going down the rabbit hole with Neo and yeah, you're following the white rabbit. It's like, yeah, it's, it's this journey from reality into something else. And the climax then goes back to the real world um, with this one or our real world, you know, yeah, in the, the Matrix. Yeah, real, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is real though, man? But this <laughs> one, <laughs> this one just is like so far down the rabbit hole that I don't know what the stakes are. Like in the first well, movie it's, it's like the rabbit are, hole pops out somewhere totally different like somewhere that's not like the real world anymore yeah but that's it's that's so the problem mystical that's the problem with how unnecessary this movie is is yeah. okay neo is the one and now he's kind of mastered whatever this thing is and he's the one who walks behind the cornrows or whatever and so now this movie it's like okay he has a relationship that's kind of hollow with Trinity and all these people know what his gifts are. Like, do they have to log into their relationship is like shallow, except they just want to fuck real bad. Like the most salient points in like their relationship is just, that they can't stop fucking. But well, that's how they show that they love each other. I know, but it's like a little silly in the context of like demonstrating true love. Like they're, they're like using sex as a shorthand because they'd only have one movie to establish. They have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they do have like ten extra holes between their heads. I mean, Stop! Oh heads my god! Oh no! Oh no! Jay, it's uh, only been six months. Give them a few years, and they might start doing that. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. I don't know. I I thought it was hollow. It just is like okay the movie I felt concluded so well with the Matrix. Like I never needed a sequel. And this one, it's just like, okay, now we're here, and now you're expanding this world, and you're creating more characters and overarching plots that, like, a council, and now there's a hierarchy, and it's like, it removes the scrappiness of what I loved about the first Matrix, where it's like, 
they're a band of survivors. Like, oh my gosh, we have to find someone that we can, like, it felt special that you were chosen by Morpheus to mm-hmm. be your, your gatekeeper, like to the, to introduce you to who you really are. And there's something like kind of beautiful and poetic about that versus here. It's like, there's a character that's like, you saved me, Neo. And you never, he's, I don't think he's a you never see it, but you never see him like witnessing to someone to like, uh, Neo saving anyone. So, so the implication behind like, that. I, so remember at the very end of the Matrix, and Neo is on the phone with someone. I'm assuming that that kid in Reloaded. Scenes. Well, no, no, no. But the, at the very, very end, Matrix, or rather, excuse me, uh, Neo has replaced <laughs> the, the the hero Matrix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking uh, John, John Matrix. Matrix from Commando. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> okay, the, Neo has replaced Morpheus as the person rescuing people from the Matrix, and he's talking on the phone and describing it. And it's like you know, I I didn't find you, you found me, kind of thing. I, I was assuming that that kid was. They were like making an illusion, like a continuity. Between well, the first I don't. I don't even think it's that. I think it's this has been. But like time has passed. This is like six months later. And it's only six months though. Like how many people could he have rescued? There's like a dude. He's like fucking Superman now. He could be rescuing people every day. I know. I know. But it's that's tr- where it... the that's where the the stakes are lame for me. Is mm-hmm. the fact that like okay, uh, Neo is now this unstoppable force, and now there's no long they're no longer running away from Agent Smith and a- all these agents, these Men in Black. But why aren't them. Trinity and Morpheus still running away? That's frustrating because it's like, really frustrating. The they're, whole they're, stakes yeah. in the first movie are n- no one's ever successfully fought an agent, and now they're like holding him off like it's no problem at all, which is ridiculous. Like, I mean, granted, their Trinity gets shot initially, and he has to like resuscitate her heart by like jacking it off or whatever. But mm-hmm. still. There's like this implication that somehow the rules have changed, and the only difference here is just Neo and, but but Trinity and Morpheus haven't changed, and it, it's like it reminds me like I hate to like compare it again though I think it's applicable in this case like to like anime where the like uh, power level of the main character got to be too much so they had to bump everyone else up too, like there's this mm. weird kind of thing where like because Neo's a god he's also like kind of a deus ex machina so the way that they regulate that is to introduce other dumb like powers and plot holes mm-hmm. like the like the twins that can like uh m- you know become incorporeal and ghosts or whatever like it's just dumb shit it's dumb shit but that's it what feels what gimmicky created, that that creates the next trend of big blockbuster movies like this <sighs> where they lean so heavily into this shit like all post like Lord of the Rings yeah. big event movies really leaned into the special effects in a way that wasn't like artistic. Like the mm-hmm. tricks that they used by the restraints of their budget in the Matrix made it compelling, and their interest in actually selling this world and like showing like showing you just enough to kind of get it. And here it's overexposing everything, and their budget Ugh. was like twice almost triple what the budget was of the first one. Well, but but it's but it, it feels so that lazy... way. It, like. The, the Matrix hides its budget in the same way that, like, Bound hides its mm-hmm. small budget, but Reloaded, it feels like a product of the Hollywood system. Like, it, it is, like... It feels too shiny. Like, yes. it's, it's clean, and it's dumb. Like, the, all the quips. 
It's like they're all trying to like, dude, like Agent Smith with all of his fucking me jokes. Or or what about where, like, I don't like, like dumb little things like that. that or or what about like, like uh, Link the operator, like where he keeps like doing those little. He's like, you know, Neo gets there and he's like, yes, like he he's the audience standing, but it's fucking lame. It's so boring. Yeah, it's just man that Morpheus rave scene though. Oh, dude, where, where like some parts of that scene he was like CGI and other parts he wasn't. It looks terrible. Why, it looks like why shit, would they make dude. all that noise if all the creatures could, or do they not detect that level of energy in that room? I, that they're underground. I, I don't know, dude. Zion, whatever. I we I, remember. I like <laughs> the attempt to set Morpheus up as like the prophet, but the plot line is so hollow where it's just like. You know, uh, the Martian Manhunter doesn't like Morpheus because he's like kind of a mad lunatic, and Morpheus, <laughs> we know Morpheus is right because of Neo. But well, like, but again, he's acting like a fucking Jehovah's Witness. He's well, so he fucking is. annoying. Well, and then there's also the whole thing where like he's just kind of mad because Morpheus and Jada Pinkett still kind of want to bang. It, but like, why do we it's care? Why do we care about any of this shit? shit? I think you said that, Paco. No, why are we supposed in, yeah. to care about any of these characters? None of. Like, typically in sequels, you check in with the characters first. You get a moment to sort of remember why you like them before you go into it. Uh, But this doesn't give you the why do we like them stuff. Like, it has Trinity doing action, but that's not why we like Trinity. I mean, I guess it kind of is because she's not very fleshed out in the first movie. I mean, she's a badass and she continues to be in this movie. So I really like this quote that is from Wikipedia, uh, from Lana. What you were trying to achieve with the story overall was a shift, the same kind of shift that happens for Neo. That Neo goes from having uh, been cocooned and programmed world to having to participate in the construction of meaning to his life. And we were like, well, can the audience go through the three movies and experience something similar to what the main character experiences? So the first movie is sort of typical in its approach. The second movie is deconstructionist, and it assaults all of the things that you thought to be true in the first movie. And so people got very upset, and they're like, stop attacking me in the same way that people get upset with deconstructionist philosophy. I mean, Dorita and Foucault, these people upset us. I don't feel like that's the issue with the movie. No, I don't uh, think it's I don't think the deconstruction is like obvious enough and not to like be a shit about it, but Hey, this what, person who created this, you're wrong. No, but like what elements of Foucault are here I think are interesting, but also like they're largely uh hidden under the surface. Like And artistic intent and how the audience perceives yeah. it are two very separate things. Well, and, Once, and I think I it's like it's like you said, Paco. It's this movie is way too up its own ass. Like by mm-hmm. by leaning so f- because like the references in the Matrix to like uh, Jean Baudrillard's uh, Simulacrum and Simulacrum, like he he pulls like something out of the book. It's like little subtle touches. It, it's an Easter egg, and it implies that there is a deeper meaning to some of these things. Reloaded is like beating you over the head with this philosophy, which I do think is interesting. Don't get me wrong; it is like interesting to play with the concept of free will and like uh, determinism and fate and Foucault and all that shit. Like the philosophy is cool, but it's so 
like uh like at the surface it's so kind of like oh isn't this movie smart don't you think i'm cool it, it like tries too hard and i think that it ends up turning me at least away because i liked the subtlety of the matrix and reloaded is just way too like kind of vulgar about it <laughs> it's like going from foucault to a like sophomore talking about foucault in class like it's someone who's talking really hard to show how smart they are and all it does is kind of irritate you like all these characters like all these programs don't add anything i don't think it comes across as deconstructionist really um well, but like, what is it deconstructing even like the matrix or like other action movies? I'm confused. Like what even that point is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And typically when I think of like uh deconstruction and like a filmic text, it's far more abstract or it's really a commentary on something like, I think uh, you could call some of the revisionist Westerns of the sixties and seventies, like the peck and pause deconstructions but the wild bunch is totally deconstruction yeah but how do you deconstruct something where there's one film in the genre uh you don't even if even if you assume that it's deconstructing its influences none of the influences are apparent enough and reloaded to figure out which one that would be yeah um so i feel like the intent doesn't really uh no it's like too esoteric like like yeah. it misses it misses the audience because it's too ambitious and i don't think that that's a bad thing but i do think I that it's i admire ultimate... the ambition right i i really like them going over the top and introducing all these characters who unfortunately are pretty much uh universally unlikable uh weird sunglasses they all have the Dude, weirdest those sunglasses that, that Jada Pinkett wears are just oof. Oh man, Speaking I don't mind Trek, those, but really, I just like Jada Pinkett. So no, I think Jada Pinkett's great, and I'm glad that she's here. I think she's underutilized as like often she is, mm-hmm. and but like the sunglasses just look weird. And she's wearing like red snakeskin, like it's wild. Like the wardrobe cha- choices in this movie, the 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 white dudes with the dreads and like. I don't in the trench coats and it's just it's weird. It mm-hmm. feels more futuristic and like dystopian or fake more than like the Matrix in 1999 where it felt fresh and kind of like yeah. it was constricted to like I don't know it, it was more imaginative and I, I just felt like a big fetch quest where it's like okay now we have to find this person okay cool we have to talk to the oracle okay now we have to do the oh now i'm stranded over here and i have to fly over here like it just felt which, like, like all over mm-hmm. the place. well and, and to like some extent that does like kind of mirror the plot of the film where it's like everyone is acting out like uh the events in like a executed program kind of thing where like the oracle is intended to like analyze human nature and get them to interact with the matrix the architect makes the matrix neo doesn't have a choice like blah blah blah. all of that fits the mold but again we don't know that until the end and then even having that revelation and being able to like kind of slot that in and understand like the structure of the film doesn't make it any more compelling <laughs> it, it i add, think it's it adds... a really interesting idea it's like uh 
kind of I think it's Battlestar Galactica where they say all of this has happened before all of this will happen again. And it's just kind of how no, but- we recreate our mistakes over and over again. And Which should be cool and compelling, but it doesn't really read that way in this it film. It doesn't land, but like it's a really cool idea. And the idea that that's true both for the machines and for the humans trying to beat them. Right. Who are trapped like in this endless cycle is a really cool idea. But I feel like you can't put that at the end and have that be like a compelling moment. You have to have that like at the front because another issue is what are Neo and the gang trying to do? They're trying to stop the Sentinels from invading Zion, but they don't really know what they're doing on the way. Well, no, they're, they're like, not like trusted because they're outliers. Well, because they're they're, they're following society. like the the beliefs of a madman. It's it's totally blind faith. The idea is that like you live in this like rigidly ordered society. It's like deterministic to the point that like you have a role within it, and the thing that overcomes it is like this like religious conviction in the idea Men making the same mistakes. Well, but like yeah, but but it's it's like a wild kind of interaction that like the actions of of like the martian manhunter being mad at morpheus like make a lot of sense actually <laughs> yeah like watching this movie i was like he's right morpheus is being <laughs> right. a religious lunatic right. he is like morpheus is basically fucking isis like he's the <laughs> taliban man <laughs> like and How could they do that to Morpheus? Like he's a different character in this movie than he is. He is. In he is. That's a fair point. Movie. They totally well, and I think Paco, you brought this up that like the cyberpunk and other influences kind of give way to like a samurai story in this one. That was Jay, okay, but yeah, was... um, that's definitely something. Like I don't. That's the thing, like, it gets so blended, I don't know what kind of story it is. But I do know that in that fight scene, it was just, like, he keeps letting those, like, in the mansion, he wouldn't, he keeps letting those people, like, get knocked down, like, he wasn't really hurting them, and then they'd get back up and try to kill him again. And I was like, just fucking kill him! Just no, fucking the kill them all. <laughs> like, no, it was like, what are we doing here? We're all yeah. seeing people play with action figures. Like, where where are the stakes Dude, here? Dude, everything There's in the mansion. Of this is fake. Well, but also, like, yeah, if, if you have these, like, uh, basically immortal programs uh, that are, like, independent of, like, the Matrix, you know, they, they've lived longer than, you know, subsequent versions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they have these, like, boring dynamics, like... Hey, I'm some asshole named the Merovingian, and I have like a jealous wife. Like they have these really oh. mundane archetypes. But, but like, I, I kind of thought that works at the end when she like I helps them cake. because per like, I think it's kind of implying that you know, especially because she's named Persephone, that there no. is something. Of, There's a mythological like, component there, like maybe our myths within the matrix are based off of the actions of these programs but okay no that's that's an interesting reading i hadn't considered that because like persephone is is in hell right and orpheus has to go for like go down there for her yeah uh and they can't it's basically look at each other 
something like that or because it's like the, the lot queens. thing where they can't look back there's something he, well it's um, like it, yeah he he looks at her and then he loses her it's like this yeah it's a thing yeah they're like they have to wait until they're back on the surface and one of them fucks up and does it too soon i think it's orpheus and, okay fucking orpheus get your shit together man um but yeah but, but but again, like the, but that mythological reference doesn't really mean anything to us because it's just another scattered reference in a film full of references that are like largely incomprehensible. Uh, I feel like we're shooting on this movie a lot, so I want to yeah, say okay, fair, fair. Uh, car chase, top tier car, car chase. chase. It's a good car chase. chase. Is pretty dope. It I, still fucking owns and like even some stunts, of the scenes that are dated, like the the semi smashing together still look cool yeah and even like the sword fighter whatever on top of the semi which is the cheesiest part of it still works for me and like that's so that's so anime though that's a hundred thousand yeah. percent anime i think i would like anime i mean i do like anime in certain situations <laughs> it's just the writing typically throws me off there's some good ones out there, but the majority of them suck. But that's why, you know, you just ask someone like me who's watched a bunch of the crap, and I'll tell you what the good ones are. Okay. It just it, it depends on who draws the tentacles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, uh, I pretty much like Akira, uh, Akira, uh, Cowboy Bebop, and Evangelion. I mean, uh, you're, you're doing fine. Like, if those are the only ones you liked, like, you're doing fine. Yeah, and you're a fan. We could call you a fan. <laughs> come, come here. <laughs> All right. Uh, fuck. We've talked we're about talking this about movie. We're, no, we we're talking about good stuff now. We 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 shit on it a whole bunch. So like, we talked about the car scene, and, and I think I mentioned this earlier. Like, I do think that like, though, like as we talked about, like the structure of the movie when you understand everything and the sort of philosophical underpinnings, they're much more apparent here. Which is both bad and good. I think for like someone who's looking for something that's more than an action movie, there's actually kind of a lot to like really dig through here. I think it like kind of rewards uh, people who would like get the DVD and like dig through the influences and like read re- like uh, interviews with the directors and that kind of thing. Like, and it has become like a, f- a cult hit in that way where like people exactly. like. Uh, Obviously, the initial take was kind of like us, where it's sour, but there is a fan base where they've dug through it and people who rewatch it and rewatch it and find like new things on every take. Uh, I know David Sims from the Blank Chuck podcast. This is like a movie he completely loves and thinks is like a masterpiece, which I think is an insane take. It's uh, but... it's a crazy take, but I can see the I can see how it could exist. Like, there's so much here mm-hmm. that if you're willing to dig that deeply, then like I absolutely think you could find that kind of worth here. I don't. I I think that the reason that this movie doesn't work is because maybe the bar for entry is too high. Mm-hmm. Like maybe too like the, the concept is too high. Uh, it got away from the Wachowskis. Like it, it's still like, relatable in the Matrix, but this one, they've they've uh, raised the bar so much that it becomes like kind of incomprehensible. I still think that again, I appreciate the attempt. I love the world building. 
it's so ambitious and just kind of off the wall that like i i'm i'm just glad they were given the opportunity to make it it doesn't work but i appreciate it similarly to the way yeah. that i appreciate like uh malignant like i don't like malignant but i'm glad <laughs> it got made but it was also a huge hit too like the budget was like 120 some million dollars and the gross was like 740 million dollars it was yeah, yeah. It was a monster hit. which is crazy because the original was a huge hit too like this is just they're just knocking them out of the park here mhm i think uh it goes down for revolutions which is uh well revolutions if i remember correctly is I haven't seen it since 2003, but I don't remember it being very successful. Wait, I thought this Uh, one was 2003. They both were. They came out like six months apart. Oh my Uh, god, that's right. Oh, wow. What a just... Oversatch. For real, man. That's crazy. I mean, that is such an insane choice to make. I mean... That's like the that's Marvel what's shit. Badass about it though. Well, yeah, but it's it's, it's, so it's also cool, the though. way uh, Jackson filmed Lord of the Rings. They just released them like years apart. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, that took, makes like... way more sense than releasing two movies from the same franchise within like six months. Well, that's a bit I, insane. Because then if this, so if you, people hated this, then there wouldn't be a chance to do the third one. Well, so but so I mean, the they way shot that, them together, but the way like, that I see you it, still it, need to give them space because I don't think audiences are typically ready to like dive back in. We're like, not ready, man. So the that way said, that I, if Denny had shot Dune in two parts, I would fucking dive right back in in like, six months apart March. for sure. Yeah. No, but I, I so the, I, the way that I look at <clears throat> Reloaded and Revolutions in that regard, I I forgot that it was that close together, but it it, it feels to like a double album. You know what I mean? It's like we're releasing mm-hmm. the first part now and the second part in six months. It's like a way to drum up support for the entire project because you're you're just like doing it all at once. Again, it's super fucking ambitious. Like, when has any other film done that? <laughs> It also just kind of sucks that this movie ends with a to be concluded. Like, it's, it's just like, oh, fuck lame. you. You're not and a as, fucking TV And as, as a middle point, it's really difficult because The Matrix ends on a point that you could argue probably didn't really need a sequel. But here we go. We got one anyway. But mm-hmm. this one is clearly like just the middle point in a trilogy, but which the, is always a rough implications- one. The implications are like a Jedi, where it's the Empire Strikes Back thing of, oh, he can actually use his powers in the real world to stop the aliens or the. the but I'm machines. just saying, Empire mm-hmm. is the best like is the, the best one, unambiguously in the trilogy. Oh this yeah, is but not that's what this one here. kind of this that's what this one kind of tries to do, and it stumbles so much, and I, I like. It, it feels like it's missing something. It is. It's like really, too much frosting, but not enough. Do you know what it's missing? I it's really missing Joey like Pants. Joey the Pants. idea that Neo has broken the wheel, the cycle, where all the other ones are willing to sacrifice and just pick a few people to rebuild humanity. And he's willing to take that gamble because like, Again, as I was saying, I wish that was something he knew about and the choice was made earlier in this movie to give it some stakes. But that does make the stakes of the next movie far higher. Well, but it also, uh, as the Oracle says, like a recurring theme in the movie is that 
one, there really isn't a choice, and two, the choice has already been made. The point is to understand it. But and s- that's also frustrating because, the like, how can you trust the Oracle? How can you trust any of this? As well, it's but- part... No, of course, but if your if your role is the one, also is to be a facet, a bug, in the system as it attempts to like kind of uh, achieve equilibrium, mm-hmm. then like you are just as much a part of that as the oracle. You you delude yourself in the idea that you have free will, but just as the oracle is designed for a purpose, so is the one. And you everyone, guys, the more what? we talk about this movie, the more I think it's actually kind of is cool <laughs> no it it is it just all of that stuff is cool like that's what i said if i had the dvd and i was like reading some companion piece with it like it's all there the movie just itself is kind of like not great yeah the the, the, the structure is here it just it just doesn't actually do it for me the the pieces are all really awesome it's just they didn't put the puzzle together the right way right you got like like the head where the ass should be. Like it's, you're just like, what's going on here, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't know. Jay, is there anything about this movie that you like actually like besides the car chasing? That car chasing is fucking um, real slow. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just know Paco and I were kind of talking about it. I don't know if we if we like extended the same view. Yeah, I mean, I think it was cool that Jason was still a name used in the future. That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, you know, Lee Wanell was in this. He's a vulgar all star. That's yeah. Cool. Let's see sunglasses. Shout out uh, to Counselor West. Dude. <laughs> yeah, Cornell West was kind of fuck wild. yeah. I mean, dude. This kind of has this has a schlocky flavor to it. Like during the like burly alley scene or whatever the hell, like the playground, the playground Smith scene, yeah, virus, like ridiculous duplicity scene, multiplicity scene. God. Uh, it just Sam's looks like a bad like a cartoon. It looks like a PS2 like cutscene, man. Harry Potter PS2 cutscene that is just like, oh, cool. Uh, Keanu is not in this at all. <laughs> like, we're watching a uh, cartoon. But, like, there's, like, bowling pin sound effects. And there's, mm-hmm. like, all these, like, goofy moments that are, like, they're silly and don't fit the, the sheen of the first movie in a way that doesn't feel, like, it was part of an overall story. It felt like um, creators trying to capture that spark that was in the first one and lean into too much of the more artificial components rather than the like kind of amazing world that they built the foundation for. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think you're right, but I don't know. I'm always going to admire a movie that tries to do something big and bold, even if it falls on its face, you know, and I can admire that. And just the sheer ambition of doing this as the sequel fucking rules. Uh, So I've got some respect there. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it to him in that regard. And I think it's just, like it's it's like taking the money and and wringing out every last little penny. <laughs> it definitely doesn't feel like it's as much a labor of love. Like it still feels like there's a lot of love in this world, but 
the first movie feels like them this, like putting everything into it. And this, this movie feels like them putting 95%, maybe 90%. It, it feels like the contractually obligated sequel is what it feels like. Yeah, but I don't think they would have done it if they didn't think they had interesting things to say to continue it and we've already concluded that they clearly had interesting things to say it's just that the ambition outstrips like the actual storytelling in the film Mm -hmm. like the the issue is not necessarily uh related to even really technical aspects because there's a lot of interesting technical things about this that we've kind of already discussed it in various ways but like again it's that the story just kind of leaves you cold. It doesn't, you know, uh, Agent Smith is nowhere near as memorable. He's not eerie. He's not threatening. He's comical. He He's like, he's there's so many goofy. me's. Yeah, right. He becomes yeah. a cartoon. Morpheus is able to fight like 20 of them. Right, in a hallway, uh, like a crowded hallway. Yeah. Like, you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. It's, just, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because like, I remember really, really liking this when I was like 14 or whatever the fuck it was that I saw it in theaters. Like, I mm. thought it was cool as shit. And I thought the idea of like a demigod, like making the world as he, as he like, you know, overriding the rules of the world were cool. But it's so lame now. <laughs> like, mm. it seems like an adolescent power fantasy. And that's probably why I liked it then. But the philosophical aspects are too uh, heady and obscure to get away from what about this movie isn't good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will say uh, the new film that's being directed by just Lana is the first one to have more than just the Wachowski siblings uh, writing it. And that inspires some hope in me. That's uh, fair. I mean, we still have to watch <laughs> number three. <laughs> mm-hmm. We sure do. Well, do you all have a uh, saving face at all? Because this one kind of confounds me a little bit. <sighs> oh, I've sure got one. Wait. You... Oh, no. No, go ahead. Sorry. Do you guys have one? Wait, dude. Is is the gal that was like the pissed off wife? Is that the gal who was in uh, fucking Irreversible? Watchmen? Oh, irreversible. Okay, I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, she <laughs> might have had a role in Watchmen, but no, no, I was thinking of no, I'm totally wrong. God, you were thinking of uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just Evan, cut that. Just take that. <laughs> no, I, I think we should talk about Monica Bellucci because she's done a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, I believe she was in Irreversible. I should. Probably no, but that, that was not my saving face. I was just looking at yeah. the IMDb entry <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not in Irreversible. I was wrong. Uh, oh, no, she is. She is. Um, anyway, saving face. Um, saving face. It's hard. Oh man, I can't actually. 
Yeah, it's just like, oh, dude, I can't find it. Or... <laughs> I'm just getting a keymaker, but so I can't even find choices. him on like, the, <laughs> the opening page of. Hang on, I've got gotcha. you. The keymaker is Randall Duck Kim. Okay. Duke? Yeah. D U K. Okay. Duck yeah. Kim. I'm. It's. I don't even know. It sounds Korean, but I wouldn't even swear to it. It is Korean. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I. I. This movie doesn't have a lot of like really good standout performances, which is kind of sad. Because the first one has so many incredibly memorable performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even like Neo, you know, there's like literally a couple moments where like Keanu's hair is so like gelled up and like it, it, it looks ridiculous. Like I can't take it seriously at all. And, and so like Boy. even the people that are good, Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Keanu just fall flat. And I mean, I like the Keymaker mostly because I think it's kind of a charming character the sort of like rogue who uh opens doors for people and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's so difficult to choose and i don't even think like i don't think anyone really stands out unfortunately <laughs> all right that's the first no saving face saving face we've had yeah right uh, sorry i'll give it to you uh it's an interesting choice um jay do you have anybody yeah, I think Terry kind of hit it on the head where it just it feels so one lost. note and flat. Yeah, Jason's I mean, frozen. He looks uh, frozen. He's real frozen. Uh, all right. Hold on. Oh, there he is. You see me? He's trying. Okay. In the meantime, I guess I will say. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now? Okay, there you are. <laughs> okay, cool. Man, I talk mad shit about you when Evan gets this. It's just like, those fuckers. Um, Did you hear my saving face? It was nothing, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. basically. That's pretty... <laughs> this movie's kind of a weird void because it, it lacks the grounded vibe that I, I really enjoyed about the first one. Um, but I kind of like Hugo Weaving because... He chews the scenery and he knows what type of movie he's in, and he's less serious. He's like, You like all the Freddy Krueger. Like, Freddy Krueger stops being scary at a certain point and he turns into this weird cartoon, and he's making these dumb fucking one liners. Dude, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to separate Freddy Krueger and Agent Smith now. You're a bastard. It's just, it's no, just so I, I think that's a really fun. smart comparison. Like, yeah. Hugo Weaving loses all his like uh threat. Yes, that's a good way to put it. it or, or like his menace. Like he doesn't feel scary yeah. anymore. He's just an obstacle in Neo's path. It's like when when Neo and him are fighting in the court the playground or whatever, it's like they're just they're just punching each other and there's nothing going on here. Well, I also like, like the idea is like, oh, Neo is better than the agents now. It's like, well, how do we how do we solve that problem? Well, what if there were like 60 Smiths and you're like, no, that's not how you fix it. Like make Smith more powerful. Like now that he's an unbound program, like give him a power up. Don't make him have like clones. It's dumb. I remember the uh, revolutions having a scene that's even worse where there's even more of them. I could be mistaken, but I think that might be in our future. Like World War Z with just Hugo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, that, that scene with a bunch of like, agent smiths and stuff i could have sworn from the bonus features on the the dvd i had growing up that it was like 
they actually used extra or not extras, but like performers. That yeah, because like you, there like it was are a, cool a lot yeah. of shots where it's actually practical. So it, it's just you like could, you could see fucking, that they just CGI the end of it where there's too many. No, they CGI yeah. a lot of points in it, and it's just like fuck that. Just so use dumb. camera use camera work. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Because it's so cheaper. Especially when Keanu Reeves busts out the, like, tetherball pole to beat their asses. I want to see that practically. I don't want to see him flying and spinning like a fucking... Uh, and he looks like firework. a video game. Like, yeah. the, textures, the textures for the CGI at that point are so flat that the longer you show any, like, uh, element in motion or, like, on camera... The like more uncanny and like therefore unreal it looks. Like Which older is movies kind of one of, of got... the things Peter Jackson did well in right. Fellowship is he did that to the minimum when he could. And I just I feel like this movie is they lean diving into it in a deep bad in way. the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. They're like going all James Cameron on it, where they're like, the technology is the future. And you're like, no, I don't know if that's the case. It was, but it just wasn't there yet. I'm, yeah. It, well, I mean, even still, sometimes I still think you could have distracting, egregious CGI and things, even now. I mean, like one of my big issues with Marvel movies. I was going to say Marvel, yep. Their CGI finales always look like dog shit, nothing. Um, Anyways, my saving face is Harold Pernow. Who's that? Uh, he played Link. Oh, um, oh man. Yeah. Link's, he's in like... Uh, Link's dialogue was so uh, annoying. But he's the closest there is to a human in this movie. Well, because he's the audience yeah. stand-in. Like, when Neo does cool shit, he has to go, Well, because we Woo, meet that's his cool. family for a second to show that he's a real character. Where's well, some, somehow... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, but also, somehow, he's related to Tank and Dozer, too, though. Yeah. Is he really? That's what I didn't That's what he that said. He, he said, like, uh, I wouldn't be working on the Nebuchadnezzar if Dozer hadn't asked me. Well, yeah, I feel like that's a, that doesn't mean related. That's like friends. Well, okay, uh, but what you can, shut up. I don't mean like. Not cool. all black I mean, people are related, cool. Terry. No, I mean that he had a connection. I was using the word in a different way. <laughs> okay. I mean that he was like Dozer's other, like his third brother or something. No, okay. God damn it. <laughs> you guys right. trying, to, trying to make me seem like a racist? You just want to <laughs> you, fucking you know, cancel was, me. You know, it was a really good scene that all of the action just felt so tacked on where it was so unnecessary. It was like, Oh, we have to have a fight scene now where the guy's just like, uh, but first I must apologize for what? For this. Yeah. <laughs> they do this stupid. No, dude, scene. I fucking love that. That's it I've seen that in a so bunch of Kung Fu movies. That's how you know you're like actually fighting the master. See, but it, I just, I just rules. want that to, I just want that to be like Ed from Shaun of the Dead though, where it's a fart instead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed that. But just, I no, I, it's I it's the out. wuxia elements. I agree. I know I like it for that regard. Uh, one last thing before we go, uh, Randall uh, Duck Kim. I also want to shout out because he is in the John Wick movies as well, and those fucking rule. Oh, so you made fun of me for my choice, but now you like him. Well, your choice was basically nobody. Uh, I mean, it's true. He was a chowed him out. 
Yeah, he was a compelling character, at least in the film. Yeah. Alright, uh... I guess... Join us next time when we go further down the rabbit hole uh, in the Matrix Revolutions. And if you want a revolution. If you want the information on when to uh, follow us or where to do it, uh, well, I guess that's to be continued. <laughs> that's a nice hook right there. Good night, Zion. I kind of think we lost him. <laughs>